This afternoon we will be looking at what Scripture teaches about prayer, as summarized and confessed in Lord's Day 45 of the Heidelberg Catechism. So to that end, we will now read Lord's Day 45. Lord's Day 45, beginning at question 116. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give His grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask Him for these gifts and thank Him for them. What belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by Him? First, we must from the heart call upon the one true God only, who has revealed Himself in His Word, for all that He has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. Third, we must rest on this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord as he has promised us in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of him? All the things we need for body and soul, as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord himself taught us. What is the Lord's Prayer? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved congregation of Christ, have you ever considered prayer to be a beautiful privilege? When it comes to prayer, I would guess that often we do not think twice about what we are really doing. Prayer itself seems so simple. And we do it so often that sometimes I think the immensity and the beauty of what we are doing escapes us. As believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, we are allowed to to talk to God every single day. We get to speak to the Almighty Creator and He actually listens to us. Speaking to God in prayer is such an amazing privilege, but perhaps we often forget that fact. How could it be that the Almighty Creator of the entire earth, who is exalted above the heavens and who regards the nations as nothing but dust before Him, would incline His ear to listen to us, tiny human beings? Imagine if, you, if every day you had direct access to Stephen Harper's office and you could give your personal request to him every day. And imagine for a moment that he actually took your requests into consideration in how he ran the country. Yet we have something far greater than this. We have access to someone far greater than a prime minister. It's simply amazing 
God is under no compulsion to listen to us, but he does so because it pleases him. But prayer is also more than simply making requests to God. Because of what Christ Jesus has done for us, we now have a personal, intimate relationship with the Father, which allows us to speak with him. We were once God's enemies, and we were banned from his presence, but Christ has reconciled us to God and has brought us to God through his death. What an amazing gospel. We can now approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Through prayer, we get to experience something of the fellowship that God and man enjoyed in the Garden of Eden. Prayer is also a foretaste of fellowship that we will have with God on the new creation. It's such an amazing privilege. But because prayer is such a beautiful privilege, this should make us want to study the biblical doctrine of prayer all the more so that we use it in the way that God intended us to use it. And so I've summarized the sermon as follows. Believers have the beautiful privilege of speaking to God in prayer. We will look at first why we must pray, second how we must pray, and third what we must pray for. Though prayer is a beautiful privilege, this does not mean that we can just take it or leave it. No, prayer is necessary for Christians. In question and answer 116, we read, why is prayer necessary for Christians? The answer is because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Now, from one perspective, this question and answer might seem a little strange. Prayer is required? Doesn't that take the heart out of it? Prayer should be spontaneous, shouldn't it? But in reality, this question and answer is not strange at all. God has established a covenant relationship with us. And we recognize that in human relationships, a relationship is, is strained when there is no communication between the two people. A relationship without communication is not a thriving relationship. Now what about when the catechism says that thankfulness is required? If anything, thankfulness should be spontaneous, shouldn't it? And yes, the goal is to make thankfulness a natural part of our lives. But we are redeemed sinners. We still need to learn how to say thank you to God for what he has done for, for us. We might require children to say thank you at times and even command them to do so. And how much more should God require this of us? Now, one of the most basic ways of expressing thanks to God is simply by saying thank you to him in our prayers. And so we gladly obey the command in Scripture to pray to our Heavenly Father. We do so regularly and lovingly because of what he has done for us. We also obey the command to pray to God because it is so important for each of us. We all need God's blessing every single day. And prayer is the means by which God showers his blessings upon us. God knows what we need 
before we ask him of it, but he wants us to ask him for things. He will give what we need when we ask him for it. And so we must pray. There are so many dangers that threaten us, both physically and spiritually, that we simply cannot go about our daily lives without the rich blessings of God upon us. We could never survive on our own strength. So let me ask you, how is your prayer life? Do you take the time to regularly pray to your Father in heaven? He wants to hear from each of you, and you need to pray to him. You cannot go about your daily business without God's blessing upon you. Question and answer 116 goes on to say that prayer is necessary for Christians also because God will give his grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask him for these gifts and thank him for them. Now one thing we should realize is what this is not saying. The catechism here is not saying that humans make the first move in salvation as if God were waiting for people to come to him for salvation before he can give it. No, the catechism is talking about ongoing sanctification in our lives, the process by which we become more holy. Though we are counted righteous in Christ through faith, we still sin every day and need to seek God's grace for the daily forgiveness of sins. Furthermore, Though the Holy Spirit has worked faith in our hearts and already dwells in our hearts through faith, God has still promised in his word to give his spirit to those who ask him for it. And so we need to respond to that promise in faith and obedience. The Catechism specifically mentions praying for the work of the Holy Spirit. And I would like to take a moment now to highlight the importance of praying specifically for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the source of so many blessings that it would not make sense to go one day without asking God to fill us with the Spirit. Listen to how Scripture describes a person and work of the Spirit. First and foremost, the Holy Spirit is God the third person of the Trinity. By having the Holy Spirit live within us, God lives within us. Maybe we simply don't realize that fact or forget about the immensity of it, but God lives within us by the Holy Spirit. Who could possibly understand the greatness of that truth? Our lives will be vastly improved by having God work within us and live within us. In addition to this, listen to other ways that Scripture describes the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is called the Spirit of wisdom and truth, who leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding of what God has freely given us in the gospel And without the Holy Spirit, we would not understand the gospel. Galatians 5 tells us that the Holy Spirit produces marvelous fruit, such as joy, 
and peace. I'm sure we would all want more joy and peace in our lives. So then let us pray to God for the Spirit that he would work in our hearts powerfully. The Holy Spirit also helps us to obey the law of God. He gives us spiritual gifts that the body of Christ might be built up. And finally, the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayers, and he intercedes for us with words, with groans that words cannot express. These are all immense blessings of the Spirit, and many more could be mentioned. So then, let us seek the Spirit from the Father and thirst after this living water. Pray for the Holy Spirit's work in your life, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray that he would mold you into the image of Christ. In a world that is hurting so much from the effects of sin, what this world needs is the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. And the great news is, is that the Father has promised to certainly give us the Holy Spirit when we ask the Father for him. In Luke 11, our Lord Jesus asks, Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake? If our children ask us for things that are essential to life, we we would not instead give them something that is detrimental to life. Christ tells us, if this is how earthly fathers behave, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God the Father loves to give this gift. So let us Seek the Spirit from the Father. He will give it. And that brings us to our second point. We heard earlier on in the introduction that because of Christ, we can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. However, just because Scripture tells us this wonderful truth, this does not mean that we can pray in any way that we like. We have already noted that, script, that prayer is a privilege for believers. And this means that we should seek to use the privilege in a way that God desires us to. Question and answer 117 asks us, what, what belongs to a prayer that pleases God and is heard by Him? The first thing that Lord's Day 45 teaches us is that we must from the heart Call upon the one true God only who has revealed himself in his word for all that he has commanded us to pray. Prayer needs to be from our hearts. And this means that our minds and attention need to be engaged in the act of praying to God. I'm sure you probably do not appreciate it when you're having a conversation with somebody whose attention is captivated by the TV or the computer screen. The person might be talking to you, but their hearts and their minds are fixed on the screen in front of them. And how much more should we seek to remove distraction from our minds and hearts and focus on God when we pray to him? Remember who we are speaking to, the almighty God who created heaven and earth. We must also call upon the one true God only who has revealed himself in his word. The catechism is teaching us to pursue right knowledge of who God is 
and call upon the one God of the Bible alone. See, we need to ensure that our understanding of God is shaped by God's Word. If it is not, then we will end up praying to a God of our own imagination. Earlier, we read from Daniel chapter 9. We read Daniel's prayer there. And notice in Daniel's prayer how he addresses God. These are some of the ways that he does. The great and awesome God, the one who keeps his covenant and mercy of love with all those who love him and keep his commands. Lord, righteousness belongs to you. To the Lord belongs mercy and forgiveness. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand. You see, Daniel has a firm picture in his mind of who God is. Daniel not only praises God for his person, but also his acts in history. He makes sure that he calls upon this one true God in the way that the Lord has revealed himself to Israel in his word. The way Daniel addresses the Lord is in line with God's self-revelation to his people in Scripture. And one thing this shows us is that prayer and Scripture reading, they go together. One reason why we read Scripture is to gain a proper understanding of who God is. And as we grow in understanding of God's person, we then bow before this same God in prayer. This ensures us that we are calling upon the one and only God. You see, in our relationship with God, there is not just communication from our side to God in prayer, but there is communication from his side to us in his word. Scripture is God's word to us. And so often in our prayers, we will simply echo what God has already spoken to us. So when you do read scripture and are about to pray to God, ask yourself a number of questions. You can ask yourself, was there any part of the passage I read that described who God was? Then in your prayer, you can address God in the same way. You can ask yourself, were there any promises given in in my scripture reading? then you can pray that God would help you believe those promises. Did you read about any commandments in his word? Then ask God to help you obey them. Was there some truth that you were called to take hold of? Then ask God to plant that truth deep within you. Was there a section of praise to God in your scripture reading? Then praise God in a similar way in your prayer and ask that he would increase in your heart the desire to praise God in that way. If we combine our scripture reading and prayer in this fashion, then our prayers, our hearts, and our lives will be shaped by what God's word says. And we will not easily go wrong when we do this. And one other benefit of combining our scripture reading with prayer is then we will be assured that we are praying according to God's will. 
Look again at Daniel's prayer in Daniel 9. Notice how Daniel first discerned from the prophet Jeremiah that the exile would last 70 years. And after he discerned this from Scripture, Daniel prayed that God would have mercy on the exiles and bring them back to Israel. You see, by praying in accordance with the prophet Jeremiah, Daniel would have confidence that his prayer was pleasing to God and in accordance with his will. The Catechism also tells us that in order to pray rightly, we must also know our need and misery so that we may humble ourselves before God. And this is important for us to keep in mind as we pray to our God who is holy, holy, holy. Notice also the posture Daniel displays in his prayer. His prayer is soaked in humility and repentance. He offers a cry for mercy and help to God. You see, without God's grace, all of us here would be condemned by God. In and of ourselves, we have no right to come before his throne. So let, us, let that truth create in us, in us a humble attitude before God when we bow before him in prayer. The only reason why we have access to God is through the mediating work of his Son. The Catechism mentions one last thing that belongs to a prayer that pleases God. Answer 117 says, We must rest on this firm foundation that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord as he has promised us in his word. When we do come before God in prayer, it is true we must humble ourselves before him. But though we humble ourselves before God, This does not result in shaky confidence before his throne. God is not some kind of dictator like Kim Jong-un. God has become our heavenly father in Jesus Christ. His throne really is a throne of grace for us. And we can be absolutely confident before God in Christ. And this means we do not need to doubt that God listens to our prayers, but we can pray in full confidence of faith, knowing that he does hear us. Listen again to how Daniel prayed in Daniel 9. We do not make requests of you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. And then Daniel says something amazing. O Lord, listen and act. Daniel, a mere man, calls on God to act. It's amazing that humans are even allowed to pray in this manner by calling God to act. Who are we to say such things to the Almighty God in heaven? And yet, God's covenant promises give us this type of boldness in prayer. God hears our prayers offered in faith. And God heard Daniel's prayer. 
Listen to what the angel Gabriel tells Daniel in verse 23. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you. Amazing, isn't it? Beautiful, isn't it? God listens to our prayers. He hears them and he acts on them in his good timing and wisdom. And that brings us to our third point. Just as we must pay attention to how we pray to God, we should also take care to ask for the right things from God's hand. Question and answer 118 says, What has God commanded us to ask of him? And the answer is, All the things we need for body and soul, as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord himself taught us. And what this tells us is that God is not sitting in heaven just waiting to hear every trivial wish list that might come to our minds. God is not Santa Claus either. There is a difference between need and desire. The Lord's Prayer gives us a summary of what we need. The list of needs in the Lord's Prayer is a lot different to what say, modern-day psychologists tell us we need. If you have ever studied psychology, perhaps in university, there is a good chance you've come across something called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. This is a list of needs that psychologist Abraham Maslow came up with, describing what he thinks every human needs. Now, at the bottom of his list of needs are things such as food and water, And of course, there's no argument here. We all need these things. But as one starts moving up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we come across things that are not truly needs at all, but are simply human desires. Some of his needs include things like self-confidence, self-achievement, and self-respect by others, or respect by others. Many of his needs are not true needs at all. As Christians, we should be on guard against turning desires into needs. What we need in life should be shaped by what Scripture tells us that we need. And the Lord's Prayer is a good place to start in this regard. As we look at the list of needs in the Lord's Prayer, we can see some things that modern-day psychologists would never include on a list of human needs. As humans, we need God to hallow his name. We need his kingdom to come. And we need his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever considered those things to be true human needs? Well, they are. They are perhaps our greatest needs in life. See, Scripture shapes our understanding of true human needs in a way that our simple nature just can't comprehend. When we look at the Lord's Prayer, we might be struck by the fact that it it is a pretty short prayer. But this teaches us, we don't need long, elaborate prayers to be heard by God. He simply hears the small prayers of his children that are offered in faith. Yet even though this is a short prayer, it doesn't mean that there is little content. Each petition in this prayer is rich and is well worth digging into. 
For example, asking God, your kingdom come, it's only a three-word petition. But this request encompasses so much of life. When we pray this three-word petition, we are asking God to rule our hearts more and more. We are asking God to destroy the works of Satan and that Christ would come back soon and a lot more on top of it all. And that's a lot of content packed into three simple words. And that's one reason why it is good that the Catechism explores each of these petitions in further detail. When we pray to God, we are allowed to use the Lord's Prayer as it is written out for us in question and answer 119. But when we study each petition individually and understand what is being asked, then we can take those petitions and apply them to our unique situations that we face in our individual lives. When we study each petition of the Lord's Prayer separately and carefully, we will then begin to understand how to pray to God in every situation. And that is one of the goals of studying the Lord's Prayer in depth. And so, believers are called to use this beautiful privilege of speaking to God in prayer. You are called to use it. By praying to God, we receive every blessing that we need from day to day. Like the Holy Spirit, the forgiveness of sins, and a lot more. As we seek to tailor our prayers according to God's will, we will learn to humbly call upon the God of the Bible, seeking to understand Him better and to grow in our knowledge of Him. We will also learn to pray in full assurance of faith, knowing that God certainly does hear the prayers of His children because of the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.